Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the first August edition of the PFF forecast. That means there is football this month. In fact, in just a couple of days, uh, some tremendous football is going to be played. And so we, for the second uh, consecutive week, are bringing on a friend of the podcast, uh, Andy Malder is joining us. It's George and Eric, as usual. We're going to talk about, obviously, the fact that the Raiders and the Jaguars are squaring off in what is going to be an epic performance of, of football. We're going to hear about Andy's story in betting, find out whether he's a part of the same syndicate as Simon Hunter. Uh, we might discuss uh, some of the energy, uh, injuries that have occurred during training camp, and we'll check in on how skinny Eric's face is feeling this week. Let's rock. Andy, welcome. It's been uh, too long, honestly. Yeah, it it, it feels well. It's football season now. Like mm-hmm. I did some, I did a golf podcast the other day with someone, and like, yeah, the Wyndham, you know, it's a real big. I'm like, no, it sucks. Like the golf playoffs are just <laughs> smacked. Like nobody talked about the Wyndham Championship yesterday. It was the Soto trade, and my God, I mean, just little camp injuries get bigger coverage. Football is king, and. We're at that point in time where everyone's getting their fantasy stuff ready and doing a million best ball drafts and getting ready to bet. And mm-hmm. people are going to make some stupid bets on the Hall of Fame game. I'm, I'm ready to like play showdown DFS and in a freaking Hall of Fame game I just, just to scratch some itches. So it is, as a, yes, it's exciting. As a golf guy. And by the way, Andy Molitor uh, at Andy, uh, is it MSF? Is that what it, MSFW on yeah. Twitter? Um, I always throws me off when someone doesn't have their, their full name there, but he, of uh, the deep dive podcast fame with our friend Drew Dinzik, who we had last week and director of content at, uh, at Betsperts, who's a great follow on Twitter, but you're also a big golf better. And Eric, we haven't talked about this actually. Cause like Eric and I, we do have, you know, we do have, have uh, side pieces, if you will, in the betting world, um, formula one and basketball for me, WNBA, uh, C- CFL, um, every kind of football you can find, including Pop Warner for Eric. Golf is is kind of your thing. Are you betting on Live, the Live Tour? A little bit. I <clears throat> I made a promise. I make a lot of promises in betting. I said someday, you know, betting is going to be so mainstream in like thirty years. I'm going to sit down and talk to my grandkids about my betting career, and I'm going to tell them like, hey, I've bet every single Live event ever since the beginning. 
I said that that's like a, a life goal for me. So I, I've always made just like one small outright. Actually, the first one I made like five, but I've, uh, yeah, I've, I'm zero, 0. 0.0% ROI, negative ROI, a million percent infinity ROI negative on, uh, on the live. So I, I haven't really gotten dug into it yet. It's, I mean, a lot of guys in the first event, we didn't know all that well. And it's a weird format, but I've, I've taken some outrights here and there. So I, I are do they playing there. courses? Are they playing courses that we're familiar with or is it completely new to us? Like it, it would there be, I know Rufus talked about it in his podcast, like that he was, he was modeling it out, but I mean, are these, are these courses that these people have frequented before it, I mean, would there be a path to modeling it or is it kind of, you know, like, like starting out the USFL or something like going blindly into it? It's funny because it has been hard to like find, you know, you, you go bet on the golf tournament this weekend, you go on Twitter and follow golf Twitter. There's 50 previews for the course. And we've been playing mm -hmm. Sedgefield for a million years. This turn, I mean, Sam Snead won this tournament like eight times in the thirties. They've been playing here literally for a million years, but it's hard to find info. I read two previews for the live thing and all the, you know, all the writing is just about the polit the political aspects mm -hmm. of it and the fighting and the infighting. No one gives it like the two previews listed two different pars for the, the course they're playing. They were, there was inconsistency and in even the simplest of statistics oh about it. But it's funny last week that the live event was at the Trump uh, course yep that was supposed to host the PGA championship this year. And then after the, uh, something happened in January last year, and they said like, Hey, we're going to probably distance ourselves from these Trump courses. So it wasn't the thing that happened in January that I'm thinking about, but I, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, we, we come here for your football and otherwise betting opinions. We takes. don't come for yep. your documentation of actual events that happened that day. Uh, so Jack Del Rio has, some, he had some comments on it too. He's, well, to and he's who I listen to. Uh, <laughs> he, he gets it. No, it's funny because um, I'm obviously in the news about like Tiger turning down $700 million to, you know, which is an incredible amount of money. Um, but uh, we were, I was, I think it was Kevin Clark posted this at the ringer was like, if the NFL, if this happened in the NFL, if like the Saudis started an NFL league um, or a co competitor to the NFL, which quarterbacks are like, who's the Tiger Woods of the NFL and who's the like Phil Mickelson, the Bryson DeChambeau, wh where would you go with that? Oh man, it feels like Rogers would jump. Like Rogers right? is Mickelson. He's, he's up there in age and apparently he's taking like uh psychedelics now to figure mm. out his life i've i've had to adjust my points on the packers based aaron, on aaron Rodgers, we're gonna find out is like very active under a um you know an alias in uh like the the um uh what is it called genetic lime cohort of of truthers out there which i was just introduced to yesterday which is just an incredible incredible like a privilege for all of us <laughs> yeah, i feel like rogers is on reddit a lot yeah now that now that i've uh dug so into that. so rogers is jumping is it as easy to is it simply that easy to say that brady is going no i've made so much money i'm staying here and there's nothing you can pay me yeah brady is kind of the tiger even though he's maybe not the 
Well, neither of those is really the moral authority on mm. uh, keeping your keeping your fingernails clean throughout your life, I suppose. But I mean, yeah, he's got so much money. He's got his own swimsuit line. Like he's fine. He's old. He's he's not going to go do that. I mean, he is your, I guess, your Rory, your Tiger, whatever the the champion of the people here that's sticking it out. And it's funny now the the parallels because it's you know NFL like. Both leagues are looking to have some federal court proceedings possibly yep. soon here with uh, the whole Watson mess. Well, you know, the first owner that's jumping to the live NF, uh, the live football league is Steven Ross. Yeah, that, that, that actually tracks pretty well. Yeah. I got the Miami. What would it be? The Miami. Uh, can't suspend me. I'm in the live. Yeah. The Miami, like uh, what's what, you know, you can't, pick the dolphins anymore so what is it like the miami killer whales or something and uh yeah the miami orcas and it's just this complete disaster of a situation well and and we saw this right like i think that the interesting part you know and you know there are plenty of like upheavals in the industry but like we saw this back in the 80s right like this is like one of the things with like the usfl had right which was Mm -hmm. you know you had and it's hilarious how the all these same motherfuckers are in the same thing, but like Donald Trump, you know, gets the New Jersey Generals, he buys them, and then he signs Doug Flutie, who's a, a, a Heisman Trophy winner, signs Herschel Walker, who's a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I believe Art, I can't remember, the, there were three straight Heisman Trophy winners that were all signed by the USFL, and you know, you had Hall, you had Reggie White, you had. Like the Tampa Bay Bandits signed our boss, Chris Collinsworth, because he was fed up with what he was making with the Bengals. And like the Mm -hmm. league folded before Chris ever played a game for them. But it's one of those where like these upstart, these upstart places, they're there. They're they're pro labor in a a way, right? Because they go there and they shake up. They pay, you know, Herschel Walker was the famous one because he wanted to play after three years. And in the 80s, there was a rule against leaving college early. You had to yep. play four years. And so like these, I'm guessing what live, like all of these things are interesting because what they do is they like, they, they empower like the very top end people by giving them like throwing exorbitant amounts of capital. Like if somebody should do this with the MMA, right? Because like, it, you know, like Dana White's paying these people like four bucks at, per match. And like, if they had something where, again, they could like, you know, pay the payers more, but it's just like, you've seen this song and dance over and over and over again. And generally speaking, throwing these enormous sums of money at people generally isn't good enough to, to get the upstart league going. But what it does is like raise the, the bar for the existing established league. And that's what, bought, like everyone just getting all up in arms, but like, you got to kind of wait this thing out and see what's like, I bet in the long run, like this is beneficial for the PGA, just like it was for yeah. the NF probably maybe not so much the NFL, despite, I think the NFL was probably always destined to become the juggernaut it is, but probably pretty beneficial for the players association with what happened in the eighties with the USFL, like bringing that to the powerhouse that it is now. It's funny that again, with the Watson thing, we're talking about those two entities and what they're dealing with. And my God, that is, I don't even want to get into that. It's so convoluted trying to figure out people are just like, so they hired someone as an arbitrator, but they can just appeal and Roger Goodell hears the case. And then I'm that's so confused. The, by and that. that's the, that's the end all be all. Like it feels just like a uh, kangaroo court. And then at the end, like the only way to, you know, overcome any of that is like a federal injunction. Like we saw with the gate, which right. apparently is a thing, but it doesn't seem that likely to do anything other than 
maybe push his suspension back, which would be massively bad for him financially because of how they structured this. Right. Like, if he serves the same suspension next year because of an injunction that just costs him like 10 X because of the structure. Well, I think that, and then the yeah, idea... somebody said he could like restructure his contract to move that around again. And right. it's like, Oh my God, let's just play football guys. Yeah. The, and I don't want to talk about, uh, you know, a scumbag for too long, but um, the interesting thing about the Watson situation is the NFL is looking for the indefinite suspension, I think yeah. as a way to, kind of curtail that right so it's like hey if this is indefinite then you better just get to resurrecting your your life right because like that's the only way you're ever getting back you know so what is what is a federal injunction going to really kind of do for you what i thought was really interesting listening to nfl network earlier was that the this this is this blows my mind so the arbiter or the you know the judge that they hired was a sue robinson yeah she actually agreed with the nfl that he met the bar of sexual assault in the cases that they said he did. And then the result was to suspend him six games. So like, I mean, I, look, we could do that. We could do a whole podcast on yeah. this and no one wants to, to listen you to do a 10 you know, part, some serial disaster of a human being that, that uh, he is, but um, really something to behold. Yeah. Let's, it's interesting though. Like, right. We talked about last week with, with Drew, Andy, that, you know, there are these like singular events in sports betting, right? There are these like, you know, you grind out an edge, you grind out an edge. And I, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, there were there were a few years there. I think it was pre-pandemic where Ben Brown, who you're your pals with as well, and myself, mm-hmm. we would like, oh, what's Andy got this today on like uh, mid-major basketball? Like you grind out an edge on these like small markets, right? And then you you really make the market pay when there is this like event that they don't know how to price right so like last year like i think in the nfl futures market it was you know green bay what was going to happen to green bay right like they i mean green bay frankly had weaker odds last year to win the nfc north and the nfc and the super bowl at for much of the off season than they do this year when i think that they're frankly a weaker team at least on offense this year than they were last year and, you know, there was obviously Brady with Tampa. I mean, do, are we seeing this right now, Andy, with, with the Ravens and the Bengals in, in the ASC North market? Or, or, or A, is there not that much available? And B, like, do you think that, you know, Cleveland, even if, like, let's say Watson gets 12 games, you know, is Cleveland still a formidable enough side because, you know, the run defenses they face or whatever – uh, to, to make it so that it isn't one of those like, hey, this is kind of like free money off the ground type of thing. And that's the tough part, too, is like, w- what's your angle? Because there's so many good arguments for, I mean, let's just say, and again, I just have no idea how this works. I didn't go to law school, guys. William Mitchell oh, turned didn't? me down. Oh, no, shoot. Just, let's, uh, uh, can yeah, we... let's pivot, pivot, pivot. Yeah, we get somebody uh, else. <laughs> but I, so I don't know, like the, the realm of possibilities, apparently the, the distribution of events is wide. So let's just say it is like a 12 or a season or indefinite, like who benefits, obviously everyone else in the vision and a very loaded AFC, but there's so many good cases that the Bengals have the offense to, you know, probably overperform a gear, you know, perform it. Uh, the same kind of level we saw during the regular season, maybe even a little better. And the bounce back with the Ravens makes a lot of sense with the pieces they have in the injuries. So it's like, man, the, the, the road's there, but there's two paths. Like, do you want to take them both and you know, cut your, cut your ROI down on that and 
just hope and pray. So I saw a lot of people get involved in this stuff early and said, like, I'm betting the Panthers, like, months ago just uh, this the suspension's happening it's like i agree with you but i don't want to i don't want to suppose anything like i thought i knew what would happen to zeke i thought i knew what would happen to ray rice before the video came out then i absolutely knew it was going to happen to him but like just uh, it, it feels like they spin a wheel sometimes with this stuff and then obviously we go back to the deflate gate where it's like tom brady's gonna miss time and then it's like oh tom brady's gonna miss time next year i, I just don't understand enough about this to to probably put my money on trying to take that said like there was a rogue 50 to win the super bowl on the browns the other night before it came out when it was supposing we were looking at four to six i took a little of that just because i couldn't resist and then you really honestly like if you if you yeah i know i, I said i i told drew i said you put I feel like been, i should go to high v and like take a couple of bags of food to the food the like yeah the food shelf you like, just jinxed my all of your other bets yeah I mean, that's, that's i'd probably go you just threw it all out, all out baby with the bathwater. but then again um, too like if you if you think things are going to get weird right the for for the suspension and there's some possibility plays week one because of some injunction, the Browns are basically even money on the money line right now. There's not a situation outside of a bunch of Browns injuries, realistically, that moves that, um, you know, further to the towards the Panthers. The only way that can really move is, hey, guess what? Brissett looks great, or or we have uh, or we have Watson coming back, and suddenly your pick'em is a minus five. So I. I, I bet the Browns twice this week and feel horrible. I mean, there's also a chance that Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, I, and there's people are talking about Sam Darnold like he's going to start that game, which, like, the infinite wisdom of one Matt Rule, uh, I would imagine, would go against that. But, like, like Sam Darnold against Jacoby Brissett, like, that is a pillow fight to end all pillow fights. Like, you could win that bet even if Brissett started. So, you know, like, I, I think – you know, it's great to have a few outs and, and obviously like, you know, the money is still green, you know, in, in any of these events. I remember um, there was an interesting story, George, you remember when I was in New Orleans and you were still in Cincinnati mm -hmm. and we did a podcast the day, like right when Kobe died. Right. Yep. And uh, Spanky, the, the reverent one uh, <laughs> it, it, on Twitter said, look, I, it, he's like, look, you got to bet the first quarter under in all these NBA games. And everybody went after him like he was the biggest asshole that yep. anybody had ever seen. And it's like, and and I think I think Spanky maybe lacks a little bit of like that like social grace maybe to not like tweet it out. But like there are there are these angles that you're trying to hit, and like you only get these opportunities a few times during the course of the season, uh, and sometimes you have to take it. Yeah, that that's one that's better left for like a, a text chain yeah, or something. Right, <laughs> tweeting that out was something, but he's brash if nothing else keep that in the text thread you know um i, I was going to ask if you have any uh eric and i talked about this on the podcast last week everyone gets really excited about training camp right and you know there are things like the kyler murray news which uh or, or deal which is hilarious um then maybe one upped by the dj humphreys deal uh steve keim does does not uh cease to amaze um you know there are things like the tim patrick acl tear there is the fact that 
you know, apparent fact that Mitch Trubisky went over 16 during a stretch in practice. And, um, you know, Kenny Pickett looks like he has no idea what he's doing out there. And like, there are all these things, right? You see Tua throw one good 65 yard throw. Um, You have Trey Lance, who now all of a sudden should be an MVP favorite, in my opinion. Is there anything worth taking away from what we've seen so far? Does it impact anything that you're betting on right now, maybe even something like the preseason. But I, I guess the question is for people out there who are starting to get excited about football, um, what is it in your mind, if anything, that is worth taking away from kind of the start to, to the season? Drew and I were discussing this because we bo- it's funny how like we both come to the same conclusion sometimes. Like he'll say something and be like, I was just thinking about that today because we mm-hmm. read so many of these camp reports and so much of it is just full of bs and i I wondered out loud to him i said do some of these media types who don't have an established reputation yet are they afraid to write bad stuff at camp because they'll they'll Mm. lose some access to the teams is that is that like a thing because even the bad stuff is like you know oh man you know uh, when they run this drill it, it can go really poorly it's like hey you went over three and then there was a pick six but a really nice touchdown at the end over the top. Like they always have to mm-hmm, sugarcoat mm-hmm. stuff. And he said, we saw glimpses of this and we saw flashes of excellence here. It's like, no, I mean, you're just describing mediocrity with some, <laughs> some candy coating. It's, mm-hmm. it's wild that like, and the best part is like 31 camps are reporting. Everyone's in the best shape of their life. And we're yep. seeing flashes of excellence and whoever's covering the bears is like, holy shit this is going so bad like nothing nothing is happening right i love that the bears coverage is just like fields is lost the defense is eating him alive he's scrambling all over they couldn't get the ball anywhere it's like man if is it is there like a case where you know it's like when guys give up their body count and you have to say well that's not how many girls you've been with like mm-hmm. you have to adjust for that if somebody is <laughs> actually saying something bad about players in camp is it actually worse so i'm, I'm worried about the chicago bears at this point but uh, it's uh, it's just overreaction season everything like how many acls are going to pop this year i i used to know a number it's like 60 man and I think like half of them happen in the preseason and, and camps, like a bunch of people's needs are going to blow up in the next five weeks. And like, that's just part of the NFL. And you got to hope it's the teams you haven't taken positions on yet. And at that point, you know, I'm not sure what you can do with like the, the you know, the, the Broncos thing there's, they had depth at least, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. for their benefit or anyone who's looking to bet on them or had already, like they do have a bunch of receivers there but they also are bringing in, you know, a new quarterback, new kind of system there. It's, it'll be interesting to see. It sucks about that, but that's just going to happen all over. Um, most of it is just trying to sort through all this fluff. And I really, really st- need to start seeing some things, you know, uh, as far as like actual preseason games. And even that it's tough because, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these coaches and these uh, offensive coordinators, they're not going to show a lot during the preseason. Right. Although I have enjoyed the preseason line movement on some of this stuff, all it takes is uh, like the, I think it was the Falcons. All it takes is saying like, Hey, we're going to have to play, you know, Mariota a lot. Like both the the two top quarterbacks are going to get a lot of starting time. And then the the Falcons line in week one of the preseason moves a bunch because a lot of these games are, you see the fourth quarterback and that's not great. 
Yeah, so I, I'm interested here uh, in the preseason here because obviously, you know, look, uh, you're a degenerate. There, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, members of the syndicate that yep. have, uh, you know, followed along George's F1 bets. There are a lot of you know people who wait wait with bated breath for my CFL uh, takes, but uh, I think everybody wants to bet the the uh, the preseason right now, right? I think. The, I, the question I have is, so you look at Right Angle Sports, uh, a very reputable group. They lay the, the one point with the Raiders last night. That moves the market like a point and a half to two points. Like at this point, I mean, if A, if you're betting preseason, is there really a handicap to any of the games? Or are you just playing things like teasers or what at long teasers and, and, and unders and stuff like that? Or are, is there really a way to sort of grind this out? Because I do know that there are people that make, you know, do better in the preseason than you obviously in the regular season. I mean, is there anything in that, in that realm that you're particularly interested in, or are you just kind of playing, uh, are you just kind of looking for, you know, sort of plus EV things that are available in the regular season or just exacerbated in August? No, I mean, it is. The preseason is completely different. You're not looking at the, the matchups completely and the power numbers at all. Like that's thrown out the window because of, I mean, it's all informational. It's kind of like just the end, the NBA on steroids where it's like everything is, you know, half the big NBA moves come on players resting or mm-hmm. player availability. Mm-hmm. It's just like that. As far as, you know, as soon as you get quotes after a late practice in the week saying, you know, we're going to get four or five series out of this quarterback and people weren't expecting that. Like, that takes money. It's, it's all informational stuff. Just like I said, with the, you know, the Falcons saying they're going to play their top two quarterbacks a lot more in the preseason because they have to, to try to get them some reps with this offense. I mean, a lot of it does come down to that. And there, there are those angles where, you know, like, Oh, Minnesota and Baltimore have been good in the preseason. There are teams that care more. You do have coaches who like try to win those games late. And it's not like they're leaving starters in longer than they wanted to just a, like, I really got to get this win against the Colts in week three of the preseason, but there, there is something with some of that. So looking at the, the long teasers too, you know, obviously with the low totals, I mean, uh, the totals in the preseason are so much lower that the long teasers are usually pretty good. I'm fine playing a lot of those. I'll even play it on some totals sometimes, but if you can get a, a low total game, which they all are, and it's in the long teaser zone, and you have a team with like a good backup quarterback who isn't, you know, just absolute dog shit. Who's going to come in and not give the game away. Like those, those teasers are great. The total's like 34. What do we, you're not going to want to take eight points with a team. That's essentially a pick them. You know, I'm, I'm fine with a lot of that. Yeah. Well, and you look at next week, right? So starting on August 11th. So we have a game tomorrow. Um, that is by the way, in the Wong teaser zone, the Jags are fate are, Two and a half point underdogs total on the game is 30 and a half, which it opened at like 34, I want to say, like right, you know. And so somebody is bearing that on pinnacle under 30 and a half is minus 112. So we might even see something in the in the in the 20s by the time we're done. So that game obviously you can tease up to eight and a half. You also have, you know, New England or sorry, New York Giants plus two in the what do you call it, the tuna bowl. Uh, the Giants Patriots on next Thursday. Um, you also have a plus one and a half with Cleveland at Jacksonville. You have a plus one and a half with the Cardinals at the Bengals here uh, across the street. Um, you also have the Panthers uh, plus two and a half 
um, the Bucks plus two and a half, the Cowboys plus two. So you have a ton of teaser opportunity uh, if you don't even want to handicap this these games. And as Andy was alluding to, the, the, the issue is when you have a lower total, every single point matters more. more. And the reason that you know, teasers make sense in football is because the the six points that you're getting are worth different things depending upon where the point spread is. If you can tease through three and seven, uh, you're getting more than the six points are, are generally going to give you, let's say, if you're teasing through, you know, from, let's say, seven to 13. Um, and, and so, uh, and, and the lower the total is, the more of those games land on three and seven. So you're getting even more value when you tease through them. If you uh, if you tease through zero, you can go on Bill Simmons' podcast and talk about betting. <laughs> does uh, does the syndicate, the Simon Hunter syndicate, is there a tease through zero? Yes. Uh, like, does he? If one of his guys comes to him and, and teases through zero, what do you think he does? He has to give him a, a, a new pack of baseball cards to open. That's the deal. That's the the That's a pack, pack break. Yeah, pack break. Exactly. Pack break time. Again, another thing that you can do uh, on the Bill Simmons uh, show if you're uh, his son, um, which uh, pa- the pack breaking thing is a very interesting world. I don't want to get into it, but I find it amazing that people watch that. Um, the the Wong teaser stuff is really interesting. And it, it brings me to a question, Andy, kind of about, you know, what a little bit about, I guess, maybe your journey through, um, you know, through betting and how you've kind of, maybe where you're at right now in terms of things that you find yourself betting on and, you know, thinking about what's kind of to come, you know, the market is, is moving really, really quickly. Um, There are tons of new markets. There are markets that are emerging that are now going to be live more quickly. You've got live markets. Like, how has your, um, your betting profile changed and what are you kind of expecting to to come in the near future? Yeah, it is. It is kind of a fact that, you know, you can make more money on small market stuff until you start bumping your head on limits. And then also like that small limit stuff, mm-hmm. eventually sometimes the books will just lower limits. So that, that process is just speeded up. Anyway, I'm looking at, my my uh, tracking spreadsheet that is just a disaster of new tabs that I try to add up things and look at things. But of the money I've made this year, about 59, we'll just round up to 60% of it comes from uh, the NFL and NBA drafts. Wow. Like, so that like this calendar year, 2022 up till this point, and you know, college basketball was decent. Golf has been good. Golf is a big chunk of that. But like, if you're able to get in early on big numbers at, at some of this stuff, and we're able to like sending money to Canada and legal states to get extra stuff out on draft props, like the drafts are going to be lucrative. You know, I think uh, my next my next biggest winner is well, my my biggest loser is definitely horses. Andy should just Uh-oh. never bet horse racing. Like <laughs> the Derby was such a disaster. Like of all the of all the sports I bet, that is one of the only red numbers that actually sticks out and hurts me. But you know, all that small market stuff and informational stuff, like Eric says, with CFL. Like mm-hmm. I've I've bet I've bet more CFL player props than I've bet CFL games this year. As you've been able to just you know find some things about depth charts that aren't widely reported like that yeah. stuff is the money makers and the nfl is hard like betting right, just yeah. sides and totals in the nfl 
I'm happy to just grind out a little bit of a profit on that and hope that, you know, the, the upside in the NFL for me every year is just coming up early and getting good numbers on award markets, getting lucky with some silly award markets. There's uh, two of the books that definitely didn't phrase it like this last year have phrased it as first coach fired slash resigned because <laughs> there was no verbiage about uh, Chucky resigning yeah. and they were, they were forced to just keep that market open. And I don't remember how the, what the number was that we had on urban, but my God, that was just a tease forever. Like yeah. there was like four times we were sure he was going to get fired. Like, this is it. This is the one. And finally that came through, but like I, some of I the, think for some Urban Meyer, by the way, yeah. it was he tried five or six things to get yeah. fired, and yeah. they never would would fire him. I you bring up, I mean, yeah, and this is great, right? So, like, there are what I really like about some of these books, and you know, we work with you know uh, all of them in some capacity, but like you know, a book like FanDuel now is giving out you know player props for CFL games. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a new product that we all get to enjoy. And as you said, like. They're the, the anytime touchdowns where, you know, there's this this cool thing about CFL where like the neutral zone is like is a yard and a half. So anytime you're at the one yard line, they put in this like big hulk of a quarterback and he runs a sneak. So like anytime touchdown props in CFL are kind of hilarious because you bet the back of quarterback at like three to one. And it's generally speaking, not bad at all. Um, but then they have them for WNBA and they and like and. I, I think that this is what, and I want to get your opinion on this, Andy, as far as like the the long term viability of this as a as a thing to do, um, because I think like as the market sharpens, right? So NFL is extremely sharp. You know, uh, Premier League soccer is extremely sharp. You know, uh, you, you go down the rungs as people sort of get into sports betting more and more. A, do you think that the markets will actually get sharper, or if there's just like a finite number of sharp betters in these markets? are just going to sort of stay, you know, the same B do you think that the continue continuous nature of these prop creations, is that going to keep people in the game who don't necessarily want to always have to compete with the big fish betting sides and totals in some of the major markets? Yeah. And I mean, Drew and I did a podcast on this once where we just did a like an hour and a half thought exercise about building a sports book. And we yep. got deep into the player props talk. And like you said, I think that's just going to continue and they don't have to care. They don't have to have that sharp of a number on that because mm-hmm. first off, like the limits are going to be lower and it's a daily churn. And, and it's also way easier to justify limiting people there. Like that's one of those, like, Hey, guess what? If, if you go in one of these news, you know, legal sports books limits you to like 50 bucks on an NFL side or an NBA total, like that's horseshit. Like that's mm-hmm. come on. But I mean, if you're just, if you go to a sports book and you're betting nothing, but the, you know, the boosts that make sense to you that actually have some plus EV or you're betting all these player props. If you, you know, if you open a brand new account and your first five bets are CFL player props, like, Hey, guess what? I'm fine. I'm fine with them. Like, hey, guess what? I got limited on CFL player props. I don't feel bad for you. Like, that's fine. They can do that all they want. So I, I think the the mitigation of uh the risk on those is that's in their hands and they're they're gonna take care of business. But that's the same thing too, is like spread that stuff around, play some other stuff, kind of you know, 
limit your looking like you're only trying to crush them on on these player props by maxing all these like in CFL quarterback player props and stuff. And I think you'll be fine. But again, it, it's we've seen it in the NFL draft stuff. The limits have dropped a lot. It's super hard to get down in a lot of places with that. Um, player props. I, I know plenty of people who do well in NFL and NBA player props, and they just well, I you know I. I churned through accounts pretty quick because of that. Or, you know, somebody, somebody recommended a new offshore. I don't know if it's new, but an offshore I hadn't used. He's like, yeah, they, they let you bet a thousand dollars on any player prop on the prop builder. And then he, he DM me back like three days later. He's like, yeah, that's over. Like that's, that's (laughs) not a thing. It's like, they don't anymore. I'm they're done with me on that. And I'm like, all right. So it's, it's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. But if you have enough outs and enough books and enough creativity, you know, that's, that's the spots you definitely can make money. Or like, you know, in tennis, it, tennis is a terribly robust market too, where mm-hmm. there's some very sharp lines out there. But I know some people that crush like ITF tennis, which is, I mean, it's not even AAA. That's AA. It's below challenger. But there's like right now there's, four big tournaments two in the wta two in the atp right now and then below that there's four or five challengers but below that there's like 10 itfs going on and even in my offshores there's like four or five that have lines for that wow and and st- you know stuff like that is it's low limits but those those numbers are it's the same as player props those numbers aren't going to be sharp as you know if right. you're betting into wimbledon lines and the thing is the people betting those like, you know, this is, I think, the interesting thing. We have, you know, a bunch of, of really sharp bettors that listen to this podcast, but we also have, you know, a ton of people who are sharp in general, but, you know, they're not out here grinding ITF, right? Like, you know, it, because why do we all bet the NFL? We bet the NFL because we love the sport, right? It's like, if there was if there was a place where the, the margins were that thin, but it was, um, you know, figure skating, we wouldn't be doing it. You know, it's like the reason we're doing it is because, and no offense to figure skating, but like, you know, I I tried to pick just the random thing, but like we love to, to watch the game and that's where people are kind of driven. And so, you know, it is really interesting where you think about something like the draft, where that is something that people love, you know, it's, it's kind of a unique spot where there is a lot of love from all of the fans. And yet there is kind of money to be had. It makes me think, that we need to do a draft tour similar to the training camp tours that people do, which are a complete waste of time. And people only do them to try and self-validate themselves for the work that they're doing by and large. But if we did a draft tour, we just went to every state that had betting legalized. (laughs) And all we were doing was just putting money down on draft props. That would be... That would be as close to like the perfect Eric Eager trip as just following the Detroit Lions around for the entirety of the season. It's wild that you said that, George, too, because some guys I know that bet the draft and some of them aren't in legal states. Like we talked about that. We said like, man, two weeks out, we just have to get an Airbnb, split it 10 ways. And we decided it's either Colorado or Illinois based on the offerings. Like there's a lot of better states to go hang out in than Illinois, but they have a plethora of books. Yeah. And they, they offer it. And there's a, I mean, Iowa, 
I remember this two years ago. I was going to go bet some draft props at DraftKings. I drove to Iowa and then realized they don't offer them. Jesus. I was pretty, pretty pissed 20 minutes, but still I was pissed when I got there and I figured it out. So yeah, the, the draft house is a dream that uh, has already been hatched. And you right, think well, we should just we borrow have, the, the we, LA? We now draft have, house? George, I know, you know, uh, you're, you're more of the like uh, partnerships person here, but I think we've mm. already, we've now created the, uh, the collab that we need here. Uh, between yes. Best Spurts, uh, the Deep Dive Podcast, PFF, and the PFF Forecast, the Draft House. Uh, I agree. With, I, it's Andy brings up a good point. If you drive to Diamond Joe's and you don't get to bet what you want, uh, that is it's that. A, is, there's no more sinking feeling. It's there. a low feeling. They took out the poker room in Diamond Joe's just to put in the sports book. And if you can't bet draft props, I feel like that's just a negative uh, outcome. Man, it, and it wasn't even Diamond Joe, Eric. It was straight south from where i live to like a farm town just across the border with a bar at a casey's like you know it's just me in a parking lot behind a great elevator pulling up DraftKings and uh hitting on the wi-fi from the local gas station so i my geolocation's good and realizing that i drove to chester iowa for no reason god diamond joe sounds good right now though I don't even know. I couldn't name something on the Diamond Joe's menu. I didn't even know. I thought Diamond Joe's might have been a, a an auto parts shop. Um, uh, yeah, Diamond Joe's is a casino with a subway and a new like burger joint that is mm. like that they were promoting all around the casino, and wow. it's uh, it's not great. But I will say the setup at that casino is pretty sweet. Like you can, you have like seats that recline and you have like a, you, you, you have a power, you know, if I, if, if you wanted to go there and like work for a day, it wouldn't be great, but it, but it would be, it's passable. That's interesting. I wonder if I'll ever uh, work from there. That, that would be, uh, I wouldn't get that, work that would be a remarkable turn of events. If that happens, that's my cry for help. That's how, you know, it's all over. Um, before we we move on to the last uh, 15 or so minutes, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Andy, um, that you're getting into best ball. You know, it's, it's kind of that time of the year. And we have a lot of, uh, obviously, listeners who are starting to get themselves into fantasy mode. And if you're trying to do so, I'm sure you already use this, but uh, Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com, Underdog Fantasy app is the best place to go play best ball uh, right now, use promo code PFF and you can get your first hundred dollars matched and you can play in best ball mania, which has $10 million plus in prizes. Uh, and here's the best part. You don't have to do any of the garbage uh, setting of your lineups, picking up players, you draft a good team, then the highest scoring players play every week. So it's really a beautiful utopian fantasy world and it prepares you to outdraft uh, the other morons that you play your yearly leagues with. Use promo code PFF when you play 10 bucks and you'll get a free PFF subscription as well. That'll help you with your draft. So it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a win, 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 win deal. Um, when you go to underdog fantasy and use promo code PFF, that is, uh, that is my plug. It's not quite the athletic greens read that you hear on uh, some other podcasts, but uh, I think. Have you tried athletic greens, George? I'm not, I'm not. I, a big I have, gun. it's not bad. Like if, if you want I'm to not a big, shake. See, here's, here's my thing is like, and, and Eric's ta- I've talked to Eric a lot about this. I'm this kind of person where like the really the only thing that I spend money on from a fitness perspective is is protein powder. That's that's basically it. Anything else, it's like I just I feel worthless if I'm spending a lot of money to, to stay in shape. Like I, I don't spend money on a gym subscription. I have like two pairs of workout clothes. It's like it's not a it's not a big deal. So athletic greens way outside the budget from a health perspective. Yeah, it's not cheap. 
They are no. cheap. No. And also, if, if George ever said anything mean about your favorite team, you can use my promo code instead when you go to underdog. Same nice. same match. I won't even I won't even undercut your promo. The, the promo code. But I, I do I do like I do yeah, I do like underdog. It's fun. And they've and like back to the beginning, they have a golf uh, contest right now called the Pump mm. Cup. Again, if anybody is interested in best ball and is sick of drafting football teams at this point. They have one for the three weeks of the playoffs where if you get through the first week, it's like you're, you're putting a pot of six people. And if you finish first of those six, you move on. And at that point, I think you double your money. Mm-hmm. And then if you get to that third week, I think a five, they're $5 entries. The five, the worst that you can do is like 29 or something mm-hmm. like that. But I think it's 20 K to the winner in those. That's a, that's a fun one. Cause it's 32nd drafts with a, uh, uh, six, I think it's six other people. Or six wow. people total with 10 rounds. You can, you can rip through some golf traps pretty quick. I'm going to be probably doing that all weekend. I thank you for that plug. That was really generous of you. Um, <laughs> very, very, very kind. And one of the, the best underdogs going to have to give us some extra cash for the, for the uh, addition of you to the podcast. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about Andy, cause we talked, we got into some of the kind of the different, forms of betting and did so with Drew as well, but we didn't really cover uh, live betting. And I'm curious, you know, this is a, in Europe, and I've talked about this before, it makes up about 80% of the betting handle, you know, total dollars wagered. Um, and in the US, it's still very much emerging, about 25% of uh, NFL handle is, is live in game. It's a little bit higher for some of the other sports, but is that, it, do you find yourself active there? If yes, like, how are you, how are you, you know, kind of deciding how do you have, are you model based? Are you narrative based? Like, what are you kind of doing there? And um, I don't know what, what's your kind of perspective on, on live betting in the U S market? A little of both. And I will consider second half bets as a live bet in, in its own little way. It's just yeah, a long, it's just a longer timeout. That's the tough part about some sports and my God, I was trying to live bet some tennis the other day and it just mm. wouldn't, it just was doing the thing where the odds have moved, the odds have moved and it wouldn't let me in. So I do, I do like some second half betting. There are coaches, there are teams who make good adjustments in the second half. There are teams that don't. There are teams that are willing to absolutely throw it all at garbage time and try to get a bunch of points in that second half mm-hmm. to try to make the scoreline look better. So just go back and look at uh, look at some tendencies on that. I think you'll find some glaring examples. And I think second half betting is is definitely a big part of what I do. I probably did. I'd have to go look. I probably did better in my second half bets on Sundays than I did in pregame because I mean it's. Just, the market is more informed at that point too, but so are you. And they only have so long to set these numbers. A lot of the, the live stuff is, and I think that's where I like second half lines. So the live stuff, if you go on any of your you know, offshores, legals, whatever, you're going to see a, a bigger overlay. Like a lot of these live lines in sports are going to be minus 115 both ways or even worse. And then when you do get to half times, <clears throat> which again is essentially a live line, you're not going to see that. You're going to see minus one ten or better if you can find some books that have some low vig options. So you can save a little money that way. I hate that when you see some of these live bets and it's like a two way line that's minus one thirty five, minus one hundred five. It's like God, I I really want to make this bet, but I'm not sure I can pay that kind of a uh, vig on a the over round on something like that. So I I don't. Th- think there's a huge edge in a lot of the the stuff you see people pouncing on like oh the you know the bad team scored early so now i'm going to bet on the good team because it's a 
it's a better price. You know, they were minus eight to start the, the game and now they're only minus three. It's like, well, yeah, it's not the same though. You're not betting the same game. They're down by a touchdown at this point and they are not going to just give those points back to them. So I've, I've gravitated a lot more towards like straight up just second half stuff as a live better for the, just saving the cash on the big and having a little more mm-hmm. time to maybe evaluate some things. How do you yeah, that, I think that's a good point, right? I mean, I think there you're getting kind of the best of both worlds when you bet a second half, which is, you know, you, you're paying minus 110, you know, generally speaking versus, you know, a lot of places are minus 120 and so on and so forth. But also the price discovery period is not terribly, you know, mm-hmm. longstanding. So I think you get the best of it when you, you know, and it's also, you know, you also don't get delayed. You also don't, there's a lot of things with live betting where, you know, you're at an advantage if you're a player, but then the the sports book puts themselves at an advantage in terms of, you know, being able to like reject a good bet, you know, making you lay minus 115, minus 120. You overcome a lot of that when you bet just a straight up halftime. Yeah, for sure. Like, so I guess one question I have is, I have some hypotheses here, but I'm curious your thoughts. Why do you think second halves are not, um, you know, are not super popular? Like not a lot of people are betting them. Um, and what could, what could be done to maybe help that? Like if you're thinking about, you know, helping a, a member of the syndicate, for example, and, and we've gotten some, by the way, some conversation about not calling it the syndicate anymore because of the the Simon Hunter podcast. So maybe he ruined the word. Come with something new. I know it's really unfortunate, but um, like, what what's the key there? Is it is it the fact that people can understand like there's already a score, and so it's like, oh, this is confusing. Like, you know, now I have to do all this math in my head. Like, what's the right way? Is there? Do you have a mental model? I guess that maybe can help people sort of think about things in the same way that maybe they think about a pregame spread where it's like, okay, it's zero, zero. I know three is a key number. I know seven is a key number. You know, this team is, you know, you know, that kind of mental model. Do you have one of those? Well, sometimes they will throw confusing lines at you where a, a team is down by three and they'll favor them in the second half by minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. So essentially like, you know, the, the probability of a tie is so low. Mm-hmm. And so essentially you're, you're not betting a, two and a half you're betting a three and a half like it it's you know they do make some confusing lines like that and then i i'm guilty of this too with true when we do our halftime scopes is like and we call them scopes even though periscope isn't even a thing anymore but i'm guilty of this too we start thinking about two-point math and like if this Mm -hmm. happens to this and we're trying to think like eight chess moves ahead when a lot of these coaches are just going to be playing checkers anyway and you know there's so many things there's many a slip twixt the cup and the lip and a lot of things can happen and get weird in the second half where i've gravitated more towards totals in the second half i've had better luck with that but uh yeah it is i don't know why it's not more popular it's it's silly because like everybody in europe australia like live betting soccer tennis netball all their stuff like that they just love the hell out of that then it's something too, where you can fire off a bunch of small bets if you want to. I think there's a big advantage of, I've seen people who have gotten really good at doing this. Uh, and again, some of the amounts they want to get down, it's tougher where they have to do it at timeouts. You'll see that at some books where the, the limits are different in the NBA live uh, compared to when you get to a timeout sometimes. And you'll see, 
you'll see some nice moves on that because uh, the NBA is such a weird, I, I always joke about the, it's a game of runs, like the oldest cliche, but it super is. And, you know, you have, co- again, coaching tendencies with who they're putting on the floor and things like that. There's a lot of angles to be had there. And I mean, if you're already watching the game, I, I don't understand why people don't, uh, if, they, if you want to donk away money, live bet instead of doing like SGPs. Like that's a that's right. a lot more fun. You can make a because that's that stuff's just like oh that's dead. That running back pulled his hammy. Like my my thing's dead. Yeah, like, and, I just and, pissed away all my money. Right, and the the some of the live stuff we've been doing, you know, like some of these books will offer player props live, right? Yeah, and, and and you know we know like Swish Analytics we know is the is the provider for FanDuel, for example, and and like I think that they you know they're, they're very smart, but it's like you're not taking into cons- like they, somebody has to go in and take into consideration like hey uh ch- like i remember it was the playoff game it was like the rams versus the cardinals and it was just like it was just like guys uh who's the former running back for the steelers that started for them last year um, Harris. james connor uh, it's like james connor is not getting carries today right like he's mm. he's just not the lead back right now and they still are pricing it like he's the lead back. They're just, you know, linearly decreasing the line, right? And it's like, those are really, but of course, you know, to your point, Andy, way back, you know, a little bit ago, if you're a better and you log into FanDuel and you've only made, let's say, less than 20 bets in your career, and now you're just betting live player props, they're going to limit you like so yeah. quickly, even if you don't win, because, uh, you know, they know what the sharp side of a game is. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good, like, hey, guess what? This this running back fumbled, and he fumbled last week, too, and the coach already mentioned it, the presser. Like, that guy's getting three carries the rest of the game. Like, there, there are there are little angles like that or just like, hey, this is the matchup we thought we'd see mm-hmm. in a cornerback-wide receiver matchup, and guess what? Their lockdown corner isn't on the guy we thought he would be. He's on the other guy, and that other guy's yardage total is too high. Like if you're paying attention to things like that, there there are angles to be had there. But again, it's it's another one too. Or if you crush a book on in-game player props, that might be might be you might you might want to put some soccer parlays in there as well. It's a good footy parlay is always good. Um, Andy, this was uh, delightful. Tell the good people of the syndicate or whatever the hell we're going to call everybody. Um, someone suggested the brethren, the brethren, in, the Christ. brethren in Christ. And uh, then someone replied that they now understood why I said BIC looks like something else and maybe not the best thing for a, uh, a, a trio of letters to represent our... <laughs> our listeners um but uh, I, I tell I now, us- I'm now i'm using the abbreviation bro and c on my tweets oh good I, uh adam Much rank better. compared cincinnati to san diego and i said my bro and c this is not it <laughs> okay. we're so old we're so old yeah. we say Jesus. Stuff like that. I, I agree that syndicate has been ruined like for it's, sure you do have to come tough. up with name what do we come up with the conglomerate workshop it a little you got time we got four weeks for the season okay because we, we have to have something by the time we uh, we light up the uh, stadium swim pool uh, after Trey Lance wins MVP. Um, we've got we, we have aligned on throwing the greatest party that uh, stadium swim has ever seen once that once that occurs. All the winnings, just, all I the just, Trey Lance winnings. I just need a Lions Jag Super Bowl. And then uh, uh, I'll be says no. I think I'd go to Atlantis. I'd, I'd be down in the Bahamas, man. God. No, swim's fine. I, I'm, but I'm going to Vegas a couple times already. So, 
we got to get you to Cabo. Cabo is uh, the place where, where dreams are made. Um, but tell everybody where they can find all of your good content. Yeah, at Andy MSFW, like you said, mostly safe for work. That's what uh, we decided that stood for years ago after I had to change my oh. Twitter handle from Andy M5702368, whatever it came mm. with. Because uh, it just started as a gambling burner handle. Like, okay. oh, this is the this is the account where I can retweet like tennis handicappers and people who I know in real life won't see it. That's what wow. the, this Twitter account started as. Somewhere off in life, I have like another Twitter account that I haven't used in five years. But um, otherwise, yeah, all my all my golf stuff's over at Betsford's Golf. I'm wearing my Betsford's Golf roll pad today. Hopefully, I haven't hit an outright since the U.S. Open. We're still it's just been treading water with matchup bets, but. I would like to get one this week before the playoffs start. And then, yeah, the deep dive at deep dive pod on Twitter. We're doing like three a week. We're bringing in wow. smart people on Fridays. We got a fun one this week. We're, we're going to do some stuff uh, on Friday talking about player pro or uh, excuse me, award markets. It's because we nice. love, love breaking down the, like the, you know, what's going to happen in award markets. Maybe the most, the most fun I have is betting into those and just tracking my guy, hoping my guy does well all year which I'm already 0 for 1, and I feel bad even bitching about it. But uh, get get well soon, Mr. Mechie. I had a rookie oh, no. year ticket. Like, I know, I'm, like, all my karma is just shit, too. Yeah, if, I, if I complain about that, like, I, I it sounds like he's going to be okay, but hopefully he gets well soon. So I'm already in the hole on player props. We're going to hit Alave to get that one back. Well, go check out the your podcast, the Deep Dive Pod on Friday. Get that. The awards markets are a lot of fun. We'll certainly be talking about them as we have, as we get closer. So go check that out. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll do this again soon. And uh, good luck with your live tour bets. Live Moss, okay? Live Moss. See ya. <laughs>